0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play, powered by BlueBet. Campbell Responsible, call 1 800 858
1: 858.
2: solar panels work in winter? Solar energy output in Australia throughout winter is surprisingly high in some cities. You can learn more about better solar energy at bsolar. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis.
3: Good evening everybody, a big hello and welcome, Brett Phillips with you again for another week covering the world of tennis and the invitation is always there to join me tonight, 1300 736 736, you dial that number, you'll get on, have a chat around our guests tonight, you can put anything you like on the tennis agenda, the Tennis Direct text that is here as well, 0433 98 11 16, Tennis Direct of course Australia's favourite online tennis store, fast delivery, great prices Free delivery, if you order up, over $150. Go to their website. You can shop while you listen tonight. Tennisdirect.com.au. Get that 10% discount. Punch in the code FIRSTSERV10. On the B Solem menu tonight, your calls. We're going to head to Indian Wells. John Tricky, for those in the tennis family, needs no introduction. A little bit of Ilya Marchenko coming up tonight. The latest on the Australian Open. If you do want to find out... And ask me any questions about the Australian Open through the show. You can text those in 043398 and But I'll give you a lowdown a little bit later on. But uh, the week on tour, thanks to Yonex celebrating 75 years performance product crafted in Japan. Check out their latest range at yonex.com.
2: It's Mogarotha's title, champion. In Chicago her second trophy of the season and she's come all the way back to beat the Tunisian that's what they keep doing you lose the first set but you win the match that's happened every time they played and this time Muguruza overturning Javert
0: Alison Van Bank is the inaugural Astana Open champion here in Nur-Sultan. She keeps her incredible 100% record in WTA finals. Kaspar Ruud,
4: smiling in the San Diego sunshine. It's another trophy for this remarkable
3: young Norwegian as he continues. To put together a season to remember a fifth atp tour title this year the sixth of his career Kasper. and after all the success on the clay this is his first title on the hard courts as he soaks up the applause he is a winning machine right now
2: a successful title defense Yannick Sinner, quite superb over the course of the whole week, and particularly with the title on the line, he wins Sofia without dropping a set. Yannick Sinner on the march towards the top ten, towards the end of the season, and about to lift the trophy
3: here in Bulgaria. The champions indeed of the last week on tour. Let's uh, give you a little bit of a, a brief uh, rundown. Gabinia Muguruza, regal, tall in the court. Uh, she put on a very, very good show, particularly coming back from a set and a breakdown. on Jabir. we love Jabir. Shane Leonage, good friend of the program, might be listening in tonight, data-driven sports analytics. Nice little plug for you, uh, Shane, and a lot of good work with Ons. And she looked to be in the driver's seat. 6342, storming back was Muguruza. 36636, six, three, six, love. So her second title this year, ninth the WTA career title, up three spots to world number six. She's 37 and 14 for the year, Gabinia Muguruza. So a nice job done by her. Maddie Inglis, the best-performed Australian in the Chicago Classic on the WTA 500 in the last week. Uh, had a real opportunity against Belinda Bencic. Took the first set and then was, well, the scoreline certainly showed an obliteration after that. 6-1, 6 love. But took a set, but we'd love to see the Australians... Certainly challenging a little deeper. Tom Yanovich and Cabrera went out uh, pretty early in the piece. Uh, Pishke and uh, Pekovic uh, won the doubles. Of course, Kavita Peski have been playing a little bit of doubles with Ellen Perez this year. Alison van Utevenk, very nice job, against uh, Yulia Putintseva. <laughs> Remember Yulia at uh, quarantine time, the Australian Open? She had the uh, mouse in her room. She wasn't very happy with that. In fact, if you go on YouTube, uh, Yulia Putintseva, there's two files, uh, the, uh, the damning file, um, uh, the ultimate complainer, there's uh, 22 minutes worth of content there and uh, is not the WTA tennis, sorry, is the most W, is the most, what am I actually can my handwriting, is the most uh, like WTA tennis player. Uh, that goes for three minutes. So maybe that tells you something. But Alison Van Udveig, very nice job. Fifth career title, fourth indoors, perfect uh, finals record. Uh, Of course, she came from a a, a set down, was 0-4 against the Kazakh coming in. World number 89, so she's jumped 34 spots to 55 in the world. And I've got a feel tonight for uh, a man that everyone knows very well in Australian tennis, Peter Johnston, who's been in this studio a number of times, uh, looks after the Kuyong Classic, Formerly worked for Tennis Australia, formerly worked for the WTA. He's the tournament director of uh, Zhuhai, St. Petersburg, and also been over at the Astana Open in Kazakhstan the last couple of weeks. Now, Jono was supposed to fly back on Sunday. His plane got cancelled, and he cannot get back to Australia until about November 16. So this is the difficulty, uh, not only with our tennis players, but those in Australian tennis. I know there are some back from the Labor Cup who have been in quarantine over the last uh, week or two, but... Yeah, not easy. So, uh, Jono, we're feeling for you. Hopefully you can get that sorted out. Just tell them who you are, and I'm sure they'll they'll maybe sneak you through. Uh, just on Kuyong as well, not all hope lost that we might have the Kooyong Classic back uh, for 2022, but more on that as we discuss the Australian Open a little bit later on. Uh, Yannick Sinner, very nice job. He's getting taller. Every time I watch him play, he's putting on a few inches. The hair's certainly getting longer. Hasn't been to a barber for a little while. Uh, that is the case for most of us, uh, certainly in Melbourne. Uh, but Yannick Sinner, a a great job to beat uh, Monfils, uh, 9-0 in Sofia, so uh, won, of course, back-to-back titles, third title this year, won the City Open in Washington, Uh, the Great Ocean Road Open, don't know if that'll be back, Uh, the Great Ocean Road Open next year, 14 in the world, Uh, Monfils, I mean, it's been a pretty good recovery from a pretty ordinary time uh, through COVID, so uh, 17th straight year he has reached a tour final, still at 18 in the world at uh, the ripe old age of uh, 35. But Yannick Sinner, he's going very nicely. He's on the verge of the top 10 and maybe a chance to sneak in to the eight for uh, the race to Turin a little bit later on the year for the ATP uh, Tour Finals. Uh, just on the Australians. So, Alex Demon, all we know, is going through certainly a bit of a, a lean patch at the moment. Uh, lost to Marcus Giron, uh, tight match, 7 6 7 6. Now, his next four weeks, he defends a final in a 250, a last 16 at a, a Masters 1000, and a quarter final at a 250. So he's won just 21 matches this year in 20 events. Now, he's 27 in the world at the moment. By year's end, he could certainly slip down to around possibly 40 to 45 in the ranking. So it's a really big few weeks coming up for Alex. I never thought I'd probably say it, not because I don't like the guy, I don't think he can play, but with all the adversity that James Duckworth has had, in his career, there have certainly been stages where you've thought, is he actually going to ever play again with all the injuries that he's had? He could. He could possibly become our number one player. I mean, he's 54 in the world, career high. Uh, another quarterfinal in Sofia, another really solid week. Gee, give it a few weeks, depending what Demonor does. Heading into uh, Australia come January, he could have been in a very nice position, the Duck. And John Millman, obviously taking a hit, uh, not defending that new um, Nusaltan uh, title from 35... He's got 35 spots down to 90 in the world. So, yeah, tough uh, period for John now, who's uh, chasing points at the back end of the year to to get himself back. He has got history of been able to finish off years quite strongly. So, yeah, there's a bit to play it there with John Millman, whose ranking has taken a uh, a little hiding in the last week or so. Ken uh, Skupski and uh, Johnny O'Mara won the doubles in Sophia. Skupski's doing very nicely because... Uh, Neil and Joe Salisbury uh, won in uh, San Diego today, defeating, uh, of course, the Aussie in uh, John Piers and also Philip Polacek. But how good's Caspar Rood going? There's a lot to like at this, a lot to like about this guy. I mean, the next step is for him to uh, really show his wares at, at Grand Slam level, Masters 1000 level. He has won a stack of 250s, uh, the most titles of anyone this year. So he's up to five titles. He's first on a hard court. He's sort of got that tag. Has been a little bit of a clay court specialist. So Rod Laver was there in San Diego today to present him the trophy. Djokovic has won four. Medvedev and Zverev have won four this year. But Casper Ruud, uh, that is certainly not the scoreline any of us would have predicted. Love and two against uh, Cam Norrie. He's had a terrific year, the lefty, and they both played in the same uh, Laver Cup team only a week ago. But uh, he's going very nicely. So uh, he's 10 in the world, but we know it's a mighty, mighty jump to get up towards the top five and the absolute top echelon. So keen to see what he can produce. And as I mentioned, John Pearce, um, he and Palaszek are, are starting to find their groove after a little bit of a slow start. Only came together really well early doors of the U S swing. Washington lost a couple of matches. Then went on that U S open uh, semi-final run and have uh, claimed, uh, of course, a runner up at the San Diego open. So, Uh, That partnership is proving quite fruitful at the back end of the year. Uh, So there's some of the major winners. Damien's in Frankston North. Damien, welcome to the first serve.
5: Hey, BP, how are you going? Good, thank you. Good, wanted to talk to you about the Australian Open. Um, Your thoughts on the, you know, Open itself, whether obviously it will go ahead, hopefully everyone's vaccinated by then, but players refusing to get the vaccine, what are your thoughts on that one? Like Novak Djokovic, for instance, BP?
3: Well, I'm going to save it for probably a little bit later, the full detail, Uh, Damien. I'll I'll give that a little bit later in the show as to what I know, but it's going to be an interesting situation. There's obviously a bit to play at. We know what the Andrews government said last week in terms of domestic sports people, uh, for example, AFL footballers, they're probably going to have to have the two jabs to get back for uh, pre-season training, but it's been left open in terms of international athletes coming into Australia at this stage. Now the federal government really is going to have the ultimate say on that. And we know the chief health officers of the various states have their different rules depending on uh, the state. So, yeah, it's a bit to play out. It's a bit to play out, Domo. But I'll give you the full details of what I know a little bit later on. But Djokovic, yeah, has been absolutely steadfast that he doesn't believe anyone should be made to um, have a vaccine. Stefano Tsitsipas has also you know, had plenty to say but at the same time, he has also said that um, as soon as they say it's mandated, he will roll the sleeve up and, and, and get it done because he wants to travel and, and play tennis. And that's part of the gig, you're traveling to all these different countries uh, year on year, month after month. So, you know, will <laughs> like someone said today, you know, will the Australian Open be moved to a, an easier city uh, to make this whole process just work a bit more smoothly. Well, there's no way the Australian Open will move from Melbourne. It is absolutely locked and loaded here. And if Novak Djokovic, at the end of the day, says, well, I'm not coming, it's not a total disaster. I mean, we're getting used to no Djokovic at tournaments. We're getting used to no Federer. We're getting used to no Nadal. This is going to happen probably on a, a more regular occurrence over the next 12 to 18 months, even in Novak's case, as good as uh, he has been. I mean, things are... Are going to happen injuries as you get older the body doesn't uh do what you want it to do all year round so there's uh, yeah a little bit to uh, uh certainly play it in that regard let's get an early breakaway. uh there's plenty to come on the show tonight would love your calls 1300 736 736 the first serve off and running
2: better solar better batteries better energy With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit B.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management. At glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis.
3: Great to talk the world of tennis with you on a Monday night. Brett Phillips in the chair. 1-300-736-736. Of course, we're powered by B Solar. You can learn more about better solar energy at B Solar. No more expensive electricity bills. Trusted, guaranteed savings. Free yearly checkups. You can talk with a B Solar advisor. Search for B Solar or visit solar to learn more. Make sure you check out our website during the week, thefirstserve.com.au, right across our social channels, Plenty of content there for you. Facebook, Twitter and Instagram if you want your daily tennis fix. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Plenty going up there as well. And uh, you'll have plenty of tennis at your disposal. A couple of results I just need to tidy up. Uh, Challengers. I always like to mention the Challenger Tour. Henry and the Swiss, uh, got through in France. Uh, Hugo Delian, he's the king of Bolivia. Got as high as 72 uh, last year, he's flying the flag for Bolivia and Tennessee, one in Peru, the challenger on the weekend. Uh, also, uh, Dimitri Popko, the uh, Kazakh, uh, one in uh, Portugal. Thanasi Kokonakis couldn't quite get over the line uh, late last night up against Stefano Travaglia, the Italian. That was in, of course, uh, Romania, seven six six two, but... This has been a year where he's been incrementally building uh, Thanasi. It's just good to see him back playing some tennis. He's thirty-four and twenty win-loss. He's one hundred and eighty-three in the rankings, but most importantly, he's played twenty-one tournaments. So he's been durable, been playing a fair bit on clay, and the building blocks to maybe get back inside the top one hundred. It's not a given. The game constantly shifts and changes, and new talent emerges. But let's hope he gets back there. He is putting in the hard yards this year. And Talon Grixpoor, the Dutchman, uh, got up in Spain uh, in uh, that uh, challenger there. A couple on the text. Is Max Purcell playing in Indian Wells? No, he's actually withdrawn from uh, qualifying. Uh, Duckworth is good, LOL. Oh, yes, absolutely. No, he's a very good player. And I'm probably just clarifying what I said before, that maybe I was going to be maybe surprised one day if James Duckworth was our number one Australian. So that's not to um, certainly diminish uh, his standing. I think James, and I said this on the show last week, I'm a huge fan of uh, his career. and If it wasn't for injury, he might have already been inside the top 50. I think he's a, a terrific talent, but I probably never quite earmarked him maybe to be our uh, number one ranked player. But uh, we'll wait and see. And Milman is getting old, according to one texter. Well, the reality is, um, yeah, each year we tick over a, um, one more year and he's, what, 33, 34 So it's going to be tougher for Johnny going forward, no doubt. And he, as you'll hear with Ilya Marchenko a little bit later on, has done it pretty tough, having been on the road. He left Brisbane in January this year. He hasn't been home. It's been tough for a lot of the Aussies. Oh, indeed. And if you are a part of our uh, social uh, channels, you have a chance to win uh, quite a bit. So make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram because our latest prize that we gave away was the Yonex uh, V-Core racket. And that went to Gerald Hensley's up on the Gold Coast uh, tonight. Gerald, uh, congratulations.
5: Thank you very much.
3: Now, tell me a little bit about your own tennis background, You play it there, family. Uh, just give us a bit of a feel for uh, your passion for tennis.
5: I've always loved tennis, but um, now my kids are involved. Um, they a growing heaps on me. Um, so we're practising uh, one hours, two hours a day. So this new racket is going to be gold. Um, <laughs> I'm using a 15-year-old racket at the moment passed nice. down by the neighbors, So I'm um, oh, grateful for this new racket.
3: No, magnificent. We'll be shipping that to you very shortly. And a beautiful climate to be playing tennis on the Gold Coast, Gerald. Most of the time, I would have thought...
5: Oh, 32 degrees today. So um, I'm struggling, but the little man powering away. He doesn't stop.
3: How old is he? Young he's, fella?
5: He's, um, he's eight.
3: Okay. What, what's his best yeah. asset? Is there uh, a forehand, backhand? What do you like?
5: Um, he's loving his backhand, but he's got the forehand, Nick Kyrgios forehand kind of flick wrist action going. Right. right.
3: What's his name? Yeah. What's his name?
5: Xander uh, McVee Hensley.
3: Nice work. Okay, we're going to keep an eye on this uh, young man, and feel free to send us yeah. any uh, clips too, Gerald, because uh, we oh, love the definitely. young we love the young talent uh, coming through. And just finally, um, have you got a you got a favourite player you love watching?
5: Um, oh, definitely Nadal. Yep. Loving Nadal, or any any Aussie, obviously playing, but um, yeah, Nadal's always been the favourite. Let's
3: hope there's a bit more life left in Rafa, and get back for the Australian yeah. Open. Hey, Gerald, well done, congratulations. Keep following us on our socials. Keep listening into our show, which Definitely. you can do uh, from the Gold Coast on the SCN app, of course. And uh, enjoy that racket when it comes your way.
5: Thank you again,
3: Gerald Hensley, winner of our VCore uh, Yonex racket competition, and plenty more competitions coming up. So keep an eye on our socials, our show here, and you certainly could be a winner. I tell you what, because we are. The record number of days in lockdown for this beautiful city, the livable city Melbourne that we are broadcasting from uh, tonight. I've said this a few times. You couldn't get me on a plane somewhere quick enough. If I could get to Indian Wells right now, I'd be there in a heartbeat. It is probably my favourite tournament. Uh, I went there in 2018, 2019, and it is simply glorious.
4: Oh, you're not mistaken. Everything you've heard is true. Rub your eyes, blink, and soak it up. An oasis in the desert, a garden of plenty. It's beautiful, and it's why everyone is here. Heart-pounding action under the brightest lights. An electrifying stage that never disappoints. Do you see the desire? Feel the intense pursuit all the biggest stars chasing glory this is the place this is Indian Wells this is the BNP Paribas Open and this is Tennis Paradise
3: oh yes it's Tennis Paradise all right absolutely that crowd roar you can hear right across the precinct is bouncing off the mountains It's about two and a half hours inland from Los Angeles earlier today because it is currently, I think, just after 2 a.m. in the morning in Indian Wells. I did catch up with uh, Shad Powers, who's a sports columnist with the Desert Sun, desertsun.com, who will have wall-to-wall coverage, including news, uh, features, photo galleries online over the next uh, fortnight, desertsun.com. And I did catch up with Shad a few hours ago ahead of uh, qualifying uh, starting tomorrow morning our time.
6: 2021 March came around and it didn't happen. And it felt like we were going to have to go a whole three years until next March. But they decided to have this fall version should be interesting. It's kind of set up a lot of interesting storylines that we don't usually have here. We're riding on the heels of the U.S. Open. So there's some interesting players that people know about now that maybe they didn't before. So everything about it is is uh, unusual for us here, but we're happy to have it. I think it'll be a little hotter to start. The truth is March and October are pretty similar. Um, you're usually going to have, you know, the high during the day, maybe we'll be in the 90s and then uh, you know down to 70 at night so I think it'll be something like that we're look, you know now we can actually see the the seven-day forecast and it looks pretty beautiful actually uh, temperatures are going to be in the low 90s and high 80s during the day um, and it's real dry here so you never get that humidity um, it is a desert so I think we're catching a break to be honest it could be 100 degrees right now but you know it, it's not it doesn't look like so I think we're going to end up pretty lucky with the weather-wise it never rains so we're good on that (laughs) knock on wood but yeah the the, the truth is this March and October actually end up being quite similar.
3: In terms of events sporting events outside of sport you have a lot of big you know music festivals in your part of the world and other different things that go on where does the tennis Mm -hmm. sort of rate as an event that comes to uh, this part of the world each year?
6: Yeah it's pretty exciting I think I think in in March, you know, like you said, we have sort of a set schedule. We have these big events every year, and they kind of lead right into each other. March is the is the BNP, and then the, you go right after that into, we have the, a major LPGA event, the ANA Inspiration, you know, the one where they jump in the pond at the end. Uh, that's right after, usually, and then, then you go into the music festivals, Coachella and Stagecoach. So we have sort of, they're all lined up, usually, in March and April. Now, here we are. It's kind of out on its own in, uh, in October, but uh, this is sort of like, in the summer, everybody kind of leaves town in June. July, August, it's just too hot here and there's no events here. And then everybody kind of comes back right about this time. So I'll be interested to see the crowd if it is, in fact, a lot of the people, you know, what we call snowbirds here, people that live in Canada or the Northern United States that, that live here during the winter, they usually arrive in November. So I'm interested to see if a lot of them have, will come back early for the tennis tournament. So that's one of the big storylines, actually, is how big the crowds will be compared to what they are in March. But as far as big events here in Southern California, one thing that's different is they'll be going up against NFL game. Uh, on Sundays and including the championship Sunday so that'll be something they haven't had to contend with before other than that I think pretty exciting and definitely in our neck of the woods it's it's the only thing in town these next two weeks and it should be pretty big
3: and to the tennis itself uh, we've uh, learnt obviously of Irina Savalenka testing positive to COVID which is a real shame for her because Mm -hmm. she's been extremely durable hardly misses a week on tour and would have been the real one of the real fancies to win over the next couple of weeks with no Ash Mm -hmm. and Osaka not playing we know Serena wasn't likely to play anyway Mm -hmm. what about uh, your thoughts just on on the on-court action and on, the, on the men's there's a few missing but it's still a pretty good field
6: yeah there's no I mean there's no doubt that's a big storyline for us here is who's not going to be here of course the big three men not going to be here which will be the first time it's kind of interesting this will be the first time since the year 2000 where Federer Nadal or Djokovic is not in the field so that's 21 years where we've had at least one of those guys to kind of be an anchor uh, to the men's field on the women's field exactly like you said we're going to miss Ash Barty it's Serena Venus Osaka none of those women are going to be there and like you said now Sabalenka so get that out of the way off the top unfortunately there's a lot of big names that are not going to be in the field that you know normally we would expect to be there in March who is in the field you're right of course is still a bunch of great players the defending champion if you want to call it that uh, all the way back to March, 2019 is Bianca Andreescu. Yeah. She's in the field of course, and she is sort of finally rounding into shape. I actually had a nice opportunity to have an interview with her and she said, you know, she's had a tough 16 months basically with injuries and COVID cancellations and things like that, but she feels like she's finally got her game back, feeling healthy. So I, I think she might be a candidate to win here. Also, she has a lot of support. There's a lot of Canadian fans that live here in the desert. You know, the other top women, you just sort of have to, I, I was impressed with someone like uh, Maria Sakari at the U.S. Open uh, of course, we've got those two teenage stars that emerged at the U.S. Open. Uh, Radhakanu was given a wild card. So she's in the field. Uh, Layla Fernandez, Canada, also in the field. That's kind of what I was referencing before. We're, we're catching the wave of the U.S. Open, which we don't, you know, obviously we're not usually in this part of the schedule. So that's been a nice boon. Names like Radhakanu and Fernandez are going to be exciting draws and which the field needed, to be honest. So I think that'll be exciting. On the men's side, we have, you know, we'll have Daniil Medvedev, of course, riding off as U.S. Open champion. Got to consider him the favorite. You know, Sisypus, most of the, the the top men outside the big three are here, so you can kind of count on those guys to be
3: contenders. Indian Wells has got such a, a great history, and having been to the event twice, I mean, it is probably, I think, the most spectacular setting in tennis. Monte Carlo uh, might argue that they've got a pretty good setting <laughs> with the Mediterranean backdrop, but the desert, the mountains, uh, the atmosphere this uh, tournament generates. You've got that huge sort of soccer pitch area where a lot of the players prepare and get ready for matches. And the fans just have, have so many great vantage points, don't they? Have you got some standout memories of Indian Wills over the
6: years. Yeah, it's it's great. Exactly like you said. I, the players always uh, sort of vote it their most favorite tournament because of the things you said. It's got a big tournament atmosphere. It's sort of like they like to call themselves the fifth slam. And the players agree that they love it. It's got a, the perfect combination, I think, of legitimacy and bigness. But at the same time, it's sort of in a smaller, more laid back atmosphere. So I think it's not quite as like in London or uh, New York or whatever. Mm. It's, it's not like that here. It, it's laid back. And so, like you said, you'll see the players just hanging out and uh, kicking the soccer ball around in the in the grass pitch fans can just sort of get really close on the practice courts and things like that and you'll see kids lining up unfortunately not this year like i described earlier but you know autographs it's just a really fun place to see a tournament definitely and you know like you said the weather or like i was saying the weather is always nice but there are some great vantage points they just there's a main stadium called stadium one and then they built a stadium two just within the last five years and i really like that one that has it's a smaller stadium so there's intimacy with the tennis but then also the views are just spectacular over there so if you are coming out and want to try A different look Than just being in the main stadium I would suggest Sitting in the top of stadium
3: too And look around Anyone who loves tennis Has got to put Indian Wells On their itinerary Coming from Australia It's a nice flight to Los Angeles Which is not too bad for us Uh, Us Aussies are used to going On long flights But then (laughs) uh, hire the car and once you get yep. out of the hustle and bustle of uh, LA, it is one of the most mm. spectacular drives, isn't it, Shaq?
6: It is beautiful. You're right. You can uh, hit up Joshua Tree while you're here. That's a beautiful spot you're driving through. We've got all those, our famous sort of like field of windmills that you have to drive through to get to the to Indian Wells. Palm Springs itself is beautiful and kind of a fun tourist town, a lot of hotels and restaurants and stuff. So it really is a great place to visit. And you kind of hit the nail on the head. We do get a lot of visitors from Los Angeles and San Diego that kind of make it a special uh, part of their year to come here for the tennis tournament. So it is a great event. Event. We're excited to finally have it back after we did the math. It's 932 days since it was last here. <laughs> so it'll be fun to finally, tomorrow with the qualifying rounds, have it start back up. And, uh, you know, definitely looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Brad. It's been nice to be on the show. Uh, yeah, tennis fans, come on out. I know it's not easy to come out from Australia, but in general, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, yeah, make a trip. It's still beautiful out here.
3: It's oh, beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. Go on a road trip from LA, stop into Indian wells and keep going to Phoenix. Go right across. Uh, uh, the country. It is spectacular. Indian Wells, Qualies start tomorrow. Rina Rodinova, Lisette Cabrera, Priscilla Hon, Maddie Inglis and Astra Sharma from an Australian perspective. We'll have the men's draw coming up tomorrow for the Qualies. So Bolt, Kokonakis, Vukic, Kubler in the frame there uh, to play in the qualifying. And As uh, Shad mentioned, no kids under 12 are allowed. So when I went to Indian Wells, the young kids, the autograph hunters loved it, but uh, they're not eligible to be vaccinated at this stage and you have to have the double dose to get into Uh, Indian World. So all that to play out, of course, over the next uh, uh, 14 days. We'll have plenty of activity on our social media. And even though it's a long haul at this stage of the year, when most of the players have sort of departed the US and over in Europe, a lot of it to trek back now, it's so valuable to be in a Masters 1000 for a lot of players chasing uh, points. Uh, You can go shopping at Tennis Direct tonight, Australia's favourite online tennis store, fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. Go to their website, Tennis Direct. Dot com dot Use that promo code FIRSTSOUP10. Get the 10% discount. You can't go wrong. Plenty more to come.
2: Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With V Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B Solar advisor. Visit V.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve. Uh, Britt Phillips tonight, one three hundred
3: seven three six seven three six. 736 736 that number, you can have a chat to us uh, tonight. Will it be on ESPN Indian Wells? No, be in sports on uh, Foxtel. So that's where you'll find it. Amazing mountains in the background of the desert. Absolutely. Maybe we need to organise a First Serve Indian Wells tour. Oh, that's got me thinking. I'd love to bring some people along. It is spectacular. I'm hoping to be able to watch Max Purcell at the Australian Open... Uh, great that Thanasi is uh, is playing at the moment. Yes, absolutely. Twenty one tournaments this year. It's good to see him out on court regularly. The body's holding up uh, pretty well. Great article on our website in the last few days. COVID nineteen and the next generation, written by Roddy Reynolds, fine tennis player himself, exceptional writer at thefirstserve.com.au. dot com dot Roddy, uh, nice to have you on your radio debut.
7: Brett, thank you for having me.
3: Tell us a bit about the article. You did chat to Paul Vasalo, of course, Director of Talent at Tennis Australia, because this has been a, a really tough period for a lot of players who would normally play the Australian Pro Tour, who are a little older, who haven't been able to travel, haven't been able to play domestically, but also just overall for the next generation who have suffered a little bit, particularly here in Melbourne, more so because of the closure of tennis clubs. But just give us a bit of a feel for the article you wrote.
7: Yeah, uh, well, by and large, the article was, I guess, driven by um, our experiences here in Melbourne. We haven't been able to get on court as much as we'd like and sort of that um, that uh, drove a concern that perhaps the state of Australian tennis uh, may not be as well-placed as it otherwise may have been going forward. Uh, and I guess what I found was um, it's sort of split into two categories. So you've got people like you and I, Brett, the average average player, average coach, coach, um, we haven't been able to get on court as much as we'd like here in Victoria and in New South Wales, I guess, to a lesser extent as well. Um, although if you're in one of the other lucky States uh, it's probably not as, as much of a concern, but then you've got the, I guess, the elite level talent um, and it's actually not as bad as I, I first uh, sort of worried. Um, there have been government exemptions in the, you know, in New South Wales and Victoria, the two most lockdown affected States. And, you know, pro tour or ITF sort of level talent has been able to get on court and train. And there has, of course, been the UTR series as well. And in terms of the next gen, I guess what that means is that if you've been in Victoria, um, while you haven't been able to play matches and that sort of thing, what, what they have been able to do is uh, get out on court with a coach one-on-one through the exemption, uh, work on their technique, uh, you know, build a physical base um, by doing sort of home gym and, going for runs and all that sort of thing. And so what that should mean is that the next generation of talent is not uh, technically flawed and they should have a game to able to hold up when they are able to compete uh, with the rest of the world. Um, and, yeah, Director of Talent uh, at TA, Paul, he provided some, some good perspective that, uh, you know, you'd take COVID, mm. uh, you know, eight or 10-week COVID blocks yep. of uh, no match practice over an injury any day.
3: No doubt. Roddy, it's a great read. I'm going to get John Tricky to weigh in in just a tick, but uh, head to thefirstserve.com.au COVID-19 and the next generation. You've written some great pieces for our our site and there's uh, plenty more to come by the end of the year, so look forward to your contribution there and on this show, mate. Really appreciate a little bit of a heads up.
7: No worries. Thanks for having me.
3: Roddy Reynolds, uh, thefirstserve.com.au one of our feature writers. Going to welcome in uh, John Tricky who needs no introduction uh, of course played on the Pro Tour. He's uh He's, he's, I'd look through his resume today, winning state junior titles in all age groups. Uh, trained four years in the elite squads at Kuyong under the great Harry Hopman and Neil Fraser. Pro tour, as I mentioned, for seven years. He's been coaching for a long time through Tennis Australia and the last few years, of course, managing the Bayside Tennis School down in uh, Williamstown. He's been doing some work with Luke Saville and also I'll we'll talk about Jeremy Beale, who he's a massive fan of. Hey, John, great to have you on the show. Hi, Brett. Just a quick thought just on the back of uh, Roddy's comments there in the article. I know you had a a little read of that uh, today and just your own thoughts on where you see the situation here in Australia.
8: Look, it's it's a very difficult time for anyone involved in tennis and, um, you know, from from every level, I mean, the, the top players who managed to get away have found themselves basically stuck away and they've had to probably have extended... Too as I know Luke left in February and he's still over there and um, you know with you know he'll he'll stay the whole year overseas because it's just been impossible for them to come back and have their mm. their few week break or their few week little you know pop up with the coach to see to work on a few things so it's been a tough year for that level um but the level though that I think it's really hit is the 16 17 year old Kids who prob- probably would have gone and played ITF tournaments over in you know overseas. Uh, I looked at the rankings. We've got one player in the top hundred, boy or girl. It's a boy who's ranked 31, Philip uh, Sekulic, and we don't have a girl in the top hundred ITF, which is you know normally we would have you know 10 or 15 Australians in the top hundred in both ITF rankings. So that that level, I think, has probably copped it the worst. And for the younger kids who would, you know, be staying in Australia and training, while, while it probably seems like a horrible thing for them to, to you know, not be able to play for 10 weeks, what I found after each lockdown was that when they came back, they were incredibly keen to play. And, you know, I think once we get through this this, this horrible time, I, I don't think it will affect them in the long run.
3: All that to play out. And we'll keep discussing this on the show, the situation here in Australia, we've got a few more weeks before we close up at the end of uh, November to pull apart the game a little bit more uh, domestically. So, with tennis back in Victoria, you're down there at Bayside. I mean, it's just great to have the courts uh, reopen again, John.
8: Oh, look, I'm getting, you know, lots and lots of calls from all the members who have been dying to get back and play. And, uh, you know, it's been very tough that, that mem- you know members of clubs haven't been able to play tennis. Um, but... It's, you know, they've copped it on the chin, but every time we've reopened, you know, we've come back pretty strongly. Um, you know, the coaching side can sometimes take a little bit to build up, but, uh, you know, we'll be coming into some better weather soon, and I, I'm sure that will happen as well. But, you know, the kids who are keen on tennis are, are the first ones on the phone wanting to wanting to get back on court.
3: Now, John, when I ran into you at Paul McNamee's uh, book launch at Royal South Yarra, a number of weeks ago now, we were talking about Jeremy Beal and on the weekend, he won his eighth ITF doubles title this year so he's 42-2 and uh, win loss in doubles, he's 37-15 uh, win loss in singles mostly coming back from scratch to rebuild the ranking, I believe it's his uh, birthday today, he's been in South Africa the last couple of weeks, but a couple of words yep. from you just stuck in my ears you had a, you had a bit to do with him uh, when he came down to Bayside and you're you're a massive fan of him as a talent
8: Look, he. he... Just had such a big game with so much potential, and um, I'm I'm really happy to see that he's doing well at that level. Um, the interesting thing, though, that he, he, even with all the success that he's having at that level, his ranking isn't going to get to the point where it'll get him into, you know, the bigger tournaments. So, my my hope for him is that at some stage through the summer he'll he'll get his chance in the big tournaments that we have in Australia and be able to do something there because. His game is, is very good. You know, big server, big shots. Great athlete. Um, you know, I, I'd be surprised. If, if given the opportunity, I, I, I'd, I'd love to see him break through and, and really get his ranking up there.
3: It'd be nice. Yeah, we've been tracking him. We've spoken to him a number of weeks ago when him and Tom Fancat took off for uh, Tunisia. and. Yeah, it's tough going. Certainly at that ITF level to really build, and all you can yeah. do is just keep trying to win as many matches as it, you possibly can. It, yeah. It's tough though.
8: Yeah, it's very tough at that level. You know, it's tough to break out of, yep. and even with all that success, you know, he still he'll still need some assistance to to play the bigger events.
3: No doubt, John. Uh, time on the wing for me, but I'd love a longer chat. We might even get you in the studio before uh, the end of November, and let's have a longer chat about tennis. But appreciate a few of your insights tonight.
8: Uh, I'd love to do that, Brett, and uh, sign me up for your Indian Wells tour, mate. <laughs>
3: <laughs> It'll be a big bus, I reckon. In fact, a big bus, big plane load. I reckon everyone want to come to Indian Wells. Wales. John Tricky, uh, a legend. I did run into him at uh, Paul McNamee's uh, book launch, and we'll have a, a longer chat. A break. We'll come back with all the news. Re the Australian Open.
2: Better solar. Better batteries. Better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit B.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com the first serve your home of tennis welcome back to the first serve ilya
3: marchenko from ukraine he's got his own youtube channel
1: hello everyone ilya marchenko here your favorite tennis youtuber have you noticed that australian tennis players are a bit crazy don't want to mention any names here but you should kind of guess who i'm talking about but do you actually know how difficult it is to be a tennis pro from Australia, especially these days? With world pandemic going on and stuff, they can't go back home for almost a year. So I've talked to a couple of my Australian friends about it. Two friends, to be exact. And not the one you think of. But these two are crazy enough as well. Everybody call you JP. But why? Why do people call you JP? Because uh, it's short. It's shorter than my... Long, my uh first name what is your first name Jean patrick john and then patrick Patrick. okay who is patrick me
8: morning patrick
1: so your parents couldn't figure out which which name to choose and they just put two i think they they decided john was too original so if they put a hyphen and put patrick on it then it sounds more like exotic so you are exotic then exotic name yeah okay Today we are talking about mental health. When was the last time you, uh, you was to Australia? Oh, it was um, my home is Brisbane. It was January the 14th. I had to get down to the Melbourne bubble pretty early. Well, it's pretty long time. Uh, could you explain uh, me why? I mean, I know why, but maybe my viewers, uh, they're not educated on this matter as I do.
0: Yeah, look, our country doesn't let me in pretty much.
1: The answer
2: is no.
0: It's a 14 day hard quarantine, obviously with COVID. Our country being an island, they've been very strict, and you do 14 days in a hotel room, no windows that open. It's um, it's tragic and not so good for your tennis. We saw some tennis players at the Australian Open struggling of not being able to get outside, and so I just haven't had the opportunity to get home yet. And flights are like twenty five thousand dollars right now. So um, and everything you you have to pay for this hotel yourself. Yeah, that's another three thousand. So we're looking at twenty eight grand to get home, and and then two weeks, and then probably
1: on a plane out of there the next day because, uh, unfortunately i've got to make a
0: few more points
1: on a trip for six weeks in the states and yeah. i was getting crazy already uh, do you think this is the reason why you australian tennis players are all a bit uh, crazy yeah probably i mean some some not no, some are
0: even more crazy than others yeah, yeah, you know
1: yeah. I'm, I'm not pointing any
0: fingers not looking at you bernie um but look some of the players are a little bit more crazy but yeah look oh, i think this year it's it's made everyone just uh, on edge a little bit and i'll be the first to admit i'm a little bit homesick and i'm Probably, I'm normally pretty tame, but maybe I'm turning into a bit of a Bernie. Don't play tennis.
3: <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Bernie. At the end, Elliot Marchenko, very nice YouTube uh, channel. Tennis Marketer, dedicated to helping tennis businesses around the world grow online. So get your website, social media pages professionally set up for you by experts who know tennis. Visit tennismarketer.com.au. Australian Open 2022, January 17 to 30, locked and loaded at Melbourne Park. I won't be going anywhere but Melbourne. My understanding is that the two-week lead-up to the AO has two scenarios of play. Everything in Melbourne in the last year, uh, like last year, or a combination of Melbourne and also Sydney. So what it's going to look like will come down to quarantining and what a player has to do in Australia uh, first, which is either seven or 14 days. So 14, first week of training, second week tournament, third week free to move in the community after... Of course, day 15. The players' first week could be split into Melbourne and Sydney, with Sydney having the capacity to take uh, more international arrivals. So Koo Yong, still hopeful, has to make a decision in the next three weeks, reacting to what the final decision will be about the lead-ins to the Australian Open and what access they can get to players. And the bubble is going to make that a little difficult. Qualifying, this is uh, not a big secret. I think it's well out now. Not official, but it looks like the Aussie players... Uh, Certainly preparing again to play uh, Qualies overseas in the Middle East uh, in that late December period. Very surprised, I was told today, that that uh, certainly does change. So the Australian Open locked and loaded for here. Just got to work out what the two weeks leading in. I get a feeling that Melbourne and Sydney uh, certainly could split it. A lot of tournaments at Melbourne Park last year all on top of each other. We'll uh, wait and see how it all unfolds. Keep an eye on our socials, our website. We'll talk to you next Monday night.